Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jane Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. How are you enjoying your cigar? You still smoking mm-hmm. it over there? It must be I nice. I don't have one. I know. This yeah. is my victory. Why didn't you bring me one, though? I don't understand. Uh, because it's not your victory. No, I know, but I don't, but a mercy cigar. See, I gave you a victory cigar for winning. You could have extended to me as the victor, a mercy cigar. A, mer- a, mercy, a mercy? A mercy or a mercy. A mercy cigar, and I didn't get one. Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, you did not. That's fine. I'll just sit here and not smoke. Mm, I did bring you one. Yeah, I'm just teasing. Well, um, here you go, Joey. I'm not taking your cigar, you dummy. No, here you go. Oh. I brought one. No, that's your cigar for later. No, you got to work on your one. sermon. You got to work on your sermon. No, no. I'm not taking a cigar. You're not taking it? Nope. Nope. You're not going to take it? No, keep your cigar. No. I will get a cigar later. I really did bring that for you. Yeah, that's very nice. But that's not the one that we were given. That's the other one I was going to smoke was the one we were given. Oh, yeah, from Will Basham. Yeah. Who we have, just so everyone knows, he'll be on Thursday's episode. Yeah. Talking about uh, rural church planting. Yeah, it's a great conversation with Will. Yeah. And uh, you guys are going to like that. So stay tuned oh, for well, that. Oh, that's fine. I'll smoke this one then Yeah. Well, during sermon prep. There you go. And then this one will be tonight. Yeah, and I'll just sit here and smoke nothing. It's fine. Three in one day is quite a bit for me, to be honest. Yeah, I know. It's probably, you know, probably should just give me one. I just whatever. tried. No, you didn't try. If you really tried, you'd go four times. You give it, you try to offer it four times. That's the rule. No, no. Hey, see, let, let me buy. See, let me, here's the thing. I know that's the rule, which is why I only do three. <laughs> <laughs> can I get out? But I can, because you still look good. Yep. Get the three. Yep. I tried. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So we've already talked about uh, a, a couple of things that are we because we, we, we recorded Thursday's episode early. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I don't want to get into the stuff that we talk about on that, like in terms mm-hmm. of your week and your celebrity outings and all this stuff that's going on. But I, I, I am, I am curious. I'm, I'm curious to know if, uh, if you are. A su- I am actually surprised at the the circles that I have. Really? Are you not surprised by it? I am. Um, well, it is, it is, it is funny to me that um, that you are friends with some of the most athletically fit people in the world. Um, yeah, that's that's a bit that's a bit ironic because you're not you and I both we're not very fit like it's that's not well, our I mean, circle well, you're I mean, not a, you're not a fighter you're no, a lover i'm a lover yeah. but you're friends with fighters professional fighters people professional that make fighters, their living yeah. in the cage yeah, yeah and, and uh, yeah and some other athletes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. basketball players football all like, yeah yeah so you use your brain for your money you don't use your body for your no, money. they no. use well they use both obviously i think part of it is that i'm a good time is that what it is you're, i think so you're a good time jimmy i'm good time uh and what i've learned is if you don't treat them like there's some oh right you know what i mean like you treat them normal and, and you just play around have fun make yeah. fun you're good yeah yeah that, 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 that bears true i think it, i think it like unless they're a diva and so, so like i was having dinner away. with uh mark consuelos right nope you don't know who that is no oh he, uh he, he's an actor he's married to kelly ripa and uh, oh so he's so, not a, he's always like a, a c-list actor got it and uh, you know what? I'm not going to tell you the story. Continue. No, go ahead. No, no. no it's good. No, I, I, I want to hear about Mark Consuela because no. I know if, listen, I, I, one thing I do know about is, uh, uh, of movies. Mm-hmm. And nah, don't so, worry about uh, it. It's fine. I don't want to look up his IMDb. Oh, I found him right here. Now Kelly Rip is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But, don't worry. Uh, oh, he was in Riverdale. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he was in all my children. <laughs> he might, <laughs> he might've been famous for stories. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, he's 5'8". He's a little guy. Yeah, I, I oh. figured you would have. Yeah, I like that. 
you know. Okay, go ahead. No, that's just a no, I don't sorry. talk about You kind of, here's the thing. You're building yourself up. And we know you're friends with some famous people. And then you're like, oh, Mark Consuelo. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, okay. It's like, I'm friends with Jared Wilson. Okay. It's like, <laughs> come on. All right. Well, that's cool, man. I think uh, I think that's good. You and you are a good time guy. You like you're trying to. Like, I'm just a relaxed guy. Yeah, you're relaxed guy. You'll go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Obviously, guys, like, don't be silly. He's not going to do something wrong. <laughs> Please go with the flow. Like, have a good time. Like you know. Yeah, be, yeah. yeah. And I don't know Mark Consuelos. I was oh, trying okay. to think of like this name that you wouldn't even know and just move on. Oh, no. and then like after you sit there, go. Oh yeah, he's so great. He's so great. I don't pretend. I, I, I would want never it. do no, that. No, no. I thought you'd be like, yeah, yeah. When are we going to hang out? And that's what I'd be like. Oh, I really don't know. No. Well, I know Mark Cuban, so there you go. Oh, I don't know Mark Cuban. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know Mark Cuban. I know. Yeah. Wait. Wait. Do you know Mark no, Cuban? No, I do not. How do would I know Mark Cuban? I don't know. But like, six. He's who, like a billionaire. But no one says like out of the blue. Who said I, Mark I Consuelos? And I could either go with like uh, Mark Wahlberg or Mark Cuban. It just ah. triggered a thought. You know how my ADD goes. You but know? I know you want to get to know Donnie Wahlberg. I do because Donnie Wahlberg lives in my city. He lives yeah. in our city. He yeah. lives in St. Charles. I know, Donnie, I know you're not listening. Yeah. But if one of your friends is listening, hey, man. You want to just hang out with guys that are just chill and like smoke cigars and have a good time. We like bourbon. It's like not, you know, no drama. You come hang out with us. And guys that actually do offer to pay. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Forget no, but that. that's for some people. Oh, just, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, just, the, assumption, the assumption yeah. is. I mean, that's yeah. my assumption when I'm with Jimmy. Jimmy's going to pay. But, uh, but, but with other people. Yeah. Then you know, Jimmy will pay them too. Pay them. <laughs> Jimmy's going to pay for everybody. <laughs> Anywho. Okay, we should probably get about? into the catechism, right? Because we're, yep. we're in the Baptist catechism. We're doing question 45. What did God at first reveal to man for the rule of his obedience? Answer, the rule which God at first revealed to man for his obedience was the moral law. All right, so I know what some of you guys are thinking. You're thinking like, well, wait a minute. The rule was, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day that you eat of it, you will surely die. That How is that the moral law? And that was the specific covenantal uh, prohibition that was given to him. But what the Baptists here are arguing and what the Reformed tradition here is arguing is that the moral law was always in place as soon as mankind was created. For example, were there any restrictions on what Adam could or could not do? in that garden besides that like was everything else fair game he could do anything else he wanted to do jimmy except eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil could he do anything yeah, could he could do anything he could do whatever i mean he can name things okay well that was he was told to do he that. was told to do these things yeah 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 could he do anything he wanted N- well no why not there's no rule but the one rule well, he, you can't eat uh, of the tree uh, of the uh, it was written on his heart yeah what was written on his heart I'm trying to think of that song. Dang it. Oh. I lost it. I'm thinking like people think like, well, no, there was no other law. Well, okay. So could it was like we... free reign. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like the mentality of like, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. No. Are the... you talking about fishing again? Cause you <laughs> the other episode talking about fishing. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, continue. Continue. So yeah, obviously it would be wrong for uh, Eve to kill Adam or Adam to kill yeah. Eve. Like that was still morally wrong. The law is still in place. The essence of the moral law. Now, in the old covenant, the moral law was articulated in the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. So um, you, you, you see it there. But even before the Ten Commandments were given, we see people striving to keep the moral law. Like even even keeping the Sabbath, people were keeping the Sabbath before the law was given uh, in Exodus 20. Uh, They understood what that meant because this moral law was a part of their consciousness. It was a part of their life. And so the very first revelation of the rule of obedience uh, to humanity was written on the heart. And we've got, you know, there's a few scripture passages that speak about this, right, Jimmy? Like Romans chapter 2, verses 14 through 15. 
Yeah, for when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what C.S. Lewis talks about in Mere Christianity, um, that, uh, you know, there's that, there's that, he gives the example of, there's a guy on a train, and he's got his seat. He's all chilled out. He's all, oh, it's a great seat, great window seat. I'm on the, on the window. Mm. Seats feel good. Kick mm-hmm. off my shoes. I want to chill. Oh, wait a minute. Got to go to the bathroom. Got to go to the can. So he gets up and goes to the can. Comes back. Some other dude is sitting in the seat. Oh. He's like, hey, man. Hey, bro. You're in my seat. Yeah. Now, the guy, they both agree on the premise. Stealing is wrong. They're, and so neither one's going to admit that, that, that stealing is okay. So the guy that took the seat would say, wouldn't, he's not going to say like, oh, yeah, no, I, I, I like stealing. That's what I do. He said, no, once you leave the seat, you've left it open for other people. So now I can take the seat. I'm not stealing the seat because you vacated the seat. He will not concede that he stole, mm-hmm. even though he did, dirty train rider. <laughs> but um, he won't concede that he stole because he understands that it's wrong to steal, to take something that doesn't belong to you, that you don't have you know, the permission to grab. You can't mm-hmm. take that thing. This is written on the hearts of all people. We, we, we understand this. The one thing that I think people do rightly bring up is what about keeping the Sabbath? How is how is the fourth commandment written on everybody's heart? Because like, do we really sense that we need to set aside one day? Hmm. Do, do you think that it's something that people across the globe it, it sort of it, we all kind of know stealing is wrong? However, you're going to articulate that murdering the innocent wrong, you know, as as much as you can articulate that, and our consciences can be hardened. But is the keeping of the Sabbath for one day is that something that you see? across the board i mean i see people taking it because they feel like they deserve it mm-hmm. not necessarily because they think that it, it you know to keeping the law right they, does that make sense they like, need a break the, yeah they i, th- I think rest. people i think people look at it and they, they understand the merits of it uh, but it's much more i don't think it's as it's not an act of obedience per se oh sure do you know what i mean but none of it is right for none those of us it. that aren't reconciled yeah yeah so it's not an act of well i wouldn't even gonna say uh believers right like mm. um I think for some, it's 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 not necessarily like an active act of obedience or doing it from that. Uh, it's more like I had a long week. Now I get to rest. Right. You know what I mean? Um, now, I do think that's not to say like when people go, they're not going because they want to, you know, go uh, enjoy um, and partake in, in the assembly. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if people maybe it's just me that that doesn't often think through like. What does it mean to set aside that day? Well, I think there's a number of levels at which this gets complicated because when you look at cross-culturally, do people that are not Christian or not Jewish have this built-in sense that we should keep a day as separate to the Lord? And I think one of the things you pointed out is, is that, well, people seem to do, people seem to know that there is a place for rest, that we're supposed to rest. And maybe they don't understand that this is for the Lord, mm-hmm. but it's just for themselves. But that's true with any law that we're going to keep. It's yeah. like, I, I'm, most people don't kill people because they want to honor the Lord. Most people don't kill people because they don't want to go to jail. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they, they, they don't like the idea of, of what happens in prison. So I, I think that that's, I think that's fair. And then also, I think that the way that you keep the Sabbath in the old covenant versus the new covenant differs. And we've talked about that here on the podcast before. Um, so I think that's one that people bring up, but I, I still think it's fair to say that the moral law was still in place 
you know, in the garden before the fall, even mm -hmm. though it wasn't articulated as such because it didn't need to be because they were created righteous. Yes. The one prohibition was not a part of moral law because it wasn't one that you would understand without God saying, hey, man, don't eat of that tree. Yeah. Because it's a very specific covenantal prohibition. Romans chapter 10, verse 5 says, For when Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. Again, the idea being that there is a righteousness assumed. There is a standard established that all people somehow, to some degree, know exists and that of which we fall short, mm. that we do not measure up. So C.S. Lewis talks about that in his book, Near Christianity. And no, it's not a perfect book. C.S. Lewis wasn't the greatest theologian, but it's a good book and a helpful book. And he's got some really good arguments in there that I think are, are, are worth reading. So you should, I think, be familiar with it. But let's, what, what about this idea of the law? Like a lot of Christians will say, um, hey, man, I'm not under law. I'm under grace. So I don't need to worry about the Ten Commandments. I don't need to worry about the moral law. I don't need to worry about commands and imperatives. I just need to rest in the indicatives. Uh, what do you say to people as a pastor, as a brother, as a Christian who say, like, uh, I don't need to worry about commandments because um, I am in the, uh, the, the era of grace? Well, I would say I think um – Jesus paid the penalty for your disobedience, but your obedience is a overflow mm. of your faith. And so without obedience, I ask, where is faith? Right. Uh, and I think, you know, I mean, James talks about that, right? Like in the sense of works and faith. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, it's not we, we, we don't obey to measure up to God's law because we can't. Uh, but we do obey in response to uh, the the grace that we have received. I mean, uh, in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, mm -hmm. right? The motivation is different there. The motivation is different. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I mean, it, it continues on in, in 1 John 5, 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are mm -hmm. not burdensome. Why aren't they burdensome? Because they're good for us. They're good. And 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 as we do, because it, it will go well, right? The, the psalmist mm -hmm. talks about that. As you walk in God's ways, it will go well for you. Right. right. And we're not and we're not condemned by them anymore when yeah. we do break them. It's like, I, I totally agree that the, the, the positive aspects of the law are good for us. They don't just point out our sin and our need for Jesus. They show us the way we're supposed to go. Uh, I know that I need to be a better friend in specific ways because the law tells me to do that. Like, I know I need to be a, a good husband in specific ways because the law tells me to do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the gospel empowers me to do that. That's the, that's the beauty. It's like God hasn't just said, hey, man, uh, I'm going to leave you with your, your dusty, dank, stone heart, and here's some law. He says, no, I'm going to cause you to be born again. I'm going to give you a heart that beats with love for me, one that has faith, one that works, and now embrace my commandments. And we do. We can, and we begin to love and serve and sacrifice the way that we're supposed to do it. You know, I, when, you, when you start looking at at the scripture that says, um, you know, we are, that there is an obedience of faith, right? That there is a, a faith, the, the kind of faith that, that, that James talks about, like the faith that works. There is a true faith that produces real work, that we're not, we're not just a people who believe some things and then live how we want to, though that is sometimes the caricature that the church is is drawn with right like the, mm -hmm. the that we 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 come to church on Sunday to confess our sins and then we go out into the week and we just take our fill of all of the corruptions, but the believer in Jesus, um, yes, we're constantly repenting of our sins, but we're 
by God's grace, constantly growing in love and faith and in obedience. So I, th I think it's important for us to, to recognize like what, what you're talking about, Jimmy, that we see the law of God, not just as a burden to escape from under, but as a gift to embrace. So like the psalmist says in Psalm 112, 1, praise the Lord, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. You can't delight in the commandments of God if you haven't been forgiven of your sins for breaking those commandments, because otherwise it's just despair. Mm. But for the person who's been reconciled, then we're not condemned. We know that this blesses us as we obey the Lord, right? His, uh, he, he, he associates with us Right, his presence uh, and 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 his favor upon us, which doesn't always look like oh an easy life or a, you know a wealthy life, but it does mean that his his uh, he is with us to support us as we're seeking to obey him. When I think with that though, it's like that communion with God. Right, like there's a deeper communion with God as we obey him. Yeah, right. Uh, because we obey him, because we love him. John fourteen twenty one. Whoever has my commandments and mm. keeps them, uh, he it is. Who loves me, right? And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Yeah. Right. So, like, there's this, there is this communion there. There's this closeness that that occurs. Uh, as you were talking about, like, uh, I mean, there's there's positive aspects of of obedience. Yeah. It's not one for you know salvation. Right. Um, but it is for communion with our God now. Right. Right. Jesus talks about it's like it's a part of abiding. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you yeah. abide in His commandments. So I think that that's you know listen. Uh, your relationship with the Lord is impacted on various levels, right? Like, do I believe? Do I trust? Do I pray? Do I obey? And it's not like, oh, I obey, therefore I'm good. It's that, no, that obedience, like what you're saying, Jimmy, comes out of love. Mm -hmm. Like the, the reason you should be inclined to do something good for your spouse. Yeah, that's it. Is yep. because you love them, not because you want something from them. Yep. And that's what's happening here. And so when you look in the scripture and you see all these commands, like, you know, um, I will keep your law continually forever and ever. And like in first Samuel um, and all these commands in the New Testament to obey and all of this with that comes this sort of understanding that um, I can't do this apart from the grace of God. Right. That we um, we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that it is God who is at work in us, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So, you know, I think of Psalm 143.10, where the psalmist says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. He doesn't assume that he knows how to do it, what to do. He knows I need to be taught, I need to be instructed, which means I need both the ministry of the word and the supernatural ministry of the Holy Spirit. I need all of this to teach me to do what's right, not just to believe what's right. Not just to rest passively in what God offers me in the Savior, but to do the things that God calls me to do. Because make no mistake about it, every day of our lives is filled with things that God wants us to do. And usually, I, I think you know, we, I, I think that there's a common misunderstanding. Like, oh well, the things that God wants me to do are read my Bible and pray and go to church. You know, oh, to uh, to to not look at porn and to not cuss at my kids. Okay, fine. Those are some of the things That's a good start. that God might want you to do. But he also wants you to put yourself last and put your family first. He also wants you to demonstrate love, interest, and listening to your spouse. He, 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 like the good works that God has prepared yeah, He wants beforehand. you to seek justice. Right, yeah. All, ev all of the things in your life that are good are good works to do. It's not just the few devotional kind of practices that some of us think about. You should actually care about injustice, 
uh, racism. You should care about how you interact with people online. Yep. How, how you interact with people that serve you at a restaurant. Like mm. all of the commands of God come into play with every relationship that you have. And that's the primary sphere in which the, the commands of God are operative, right? Like in your relationships with other people, online, in person, mm -hmm. whether they're in business. I mean, you, you do a, so much interaction with people in the business world and, uh, where there are lots of contracts, and there's lots of money in play, and the whole time, not you can't, as a Christian, you can't just say like, "Well, I'm going to do whatever it takes yeah. for me to make a profit." You'll say, "I'll do whatever it takes for me and my company to succeed, so long as it's done ethically, righteously, ethically, yeah. righteously." Yeah, exactly. So, all of, everything in your life is connected to the will of God and the law of God. Absolutely. Now, when when you think about the law, is there? Like when I think about the law, I'll, I'll put it this way. When I think about God's law, these days in my, you know, in my late 40s, um, what comes to mind is love. Like, and I don't know if that's because it took me a long time to figure out that like what, what the Bible says, that love is a summary of the mm -hmm. law, that love mm -hmm. God and love your neighbor. But I really do think about love. And I'm wondering if most people struggle. I wonder if most of us struggle with doing what God wants because we have so divorced the aspect of love from it. Like, cause it's a lot harder for me to be kind to somebody. It's a lot harder if, if I have somehow allowed myself to not love my enemy or to not love the, this person. Um, if, if God is requiring me to be patient in the midst of circumstances that are not um, flowing according to my schedule, which happens all the stinking time, mm -hmm. um, it's a love for God that will make me go, well, his plan is best and his will is best, so I'm going to submit to that. Love seems to be like one of those keys that helps us to understand not just the intent of the law, but also the way to walk in it so that it's not so burdensome. Because when you love, you're just, you love sacrifices. That's like what we do. Mm -hmm. We're ready to do it. And when I've seen people in the church show kindness and compassion and forgiveness to other people who have really wronged them, it's not because they have strong will. It's because they have a big heart. Yeah. It's because they actually care. And, but, I, and I think that's why like uh, praying, right? Mm -hmm. Like the call to pray for others yeah. is really important because I, I don't know it, for me and I don't want to overgeneralize. Overgeneralize because I'm going to agree with you. Okay. It's hard for me to hate someone that I'm praying for. Yeah. You got to be in a pretty dark spot. You got to be in a really to dark spot. Long form imprecatory prayers against people. Yeah. They just get, they just get punished. Yeah. So, I mean, like being able to, uh, I mean, at least for me, I find like if I'm, if I'm sensing a conflict, mm -hmm. you know, that's when I know I need to be praying for them. Yeah. I need to be praying for them and my heart, um, uh, and, and seeking the Lord, uh, to show me where I'm wrong, um, and how to, and how best to care for them. Uh, because if I'm, again, this is me overgeneralizing and I'm talking more about myself here. I find my patience wears thin for people that I'm not praying for. Yeah, totally. You know, it, I have it, less understanding for yep. them. And, and we see this all the time, like all the greatest pastors and leaders and writers and theologians all say the same thing. When you're praying for others, you're actually praying for yourself too. Like I mean, it, I didn't read that, Joe. I just, I, I no, just, you're like just intuitive. I'm just intuitive. Like you listen to the spirit. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like the, people the, that, people that you've never heard of or read who are smarter than us yeah. are saying the same thing. Wow. I am amazing. You are sharp. I am amazing. You know what? So, but it's like, yeah, this, like when you are praying for another person, God is at work, not just in them, but on you. It changes our hearts. Mm -hmm. And it's not mechanical. It's God at work responding to our requests. So I, I love that, Jimmy. I think it's a really good thing maybe to 
to end on that, that if you do delight in God's law because you have been forgiven and you recognize it as a gift from God that he wants you to walk in, mm -hmm. then perhaps prayer is one of the primary strategies for you to commune with God and ask for help and walking in his ways, particularly in your relationships with other people. Hmm. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram, Twitter, at Doc and Devo, or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. We got blog posts and video content over at the website. We got that all access exclusive content banter of truth on tuesdays and weekday wisdom monday through fridays head on over to drvotion.com slash all access to sign up today later mm -hmm.